Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. This is Amrit Sandhu, your humble host here for today, and I have the immense pleasure of welcoming Tao Gu. How are you, brother? I'm pretty excited. Yeah, good. Thank you. It's a treat to have you here. And as long, along with Tao, I've also got Kay here today, my lovely partner. Welcome, Kay. Hi, guys. <laughs> and thanks for inviting me, Amrit. It's good to be here. An absolute treat to have you here as well. Just to give you guys um, listening in a little bit of a background information, um, Tao is a blogger. He's a digital nomad who is location who is a location independent entrepreneur and he describes himself i love this as a social experience collector he spent the last 10 years of his life pursuing 100 goals around the globe and as i can't wait to dive into this story um, in other places tao's been described as a serial entrepreneur a business coach he's also an author um, and he says that, you know, sometimes he succeeded, but not always. But every single time he has learned something. His his goal is to help committed individuals to live the life they want to lead. Um, and so they can create greater freedom in their lives. But not when they're 65. Right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome, Tao. That's a pretty good intro. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I was just following you on, um, on, on Facebook recently, and I, I saw this... Um, I was really intrigued because I often hear people talk about how flying is something that they're not, um, you know, it's, it's a bit of a chore to them. But uh, you, you mirrored something, you shared something, which was really cool, um, that you actually really enjoy flying in that downtime in the plane. And uh, I personally really enjoy traveling too. And uh, I really resonated with that. Tell us more about uh, your love for traveling and being in the air. Well, tra- travel makes sense, you know. I think almost everyone loves to travel. But I also actually love the act of flying because it kind of forces you to be with yourself. You can't really move anywhere. Uh, and usually, you know, there's no Wi-Fi. That, so it's just like, you know, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting because most people want to get out of the plane. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This is my friend uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, But it took me time until I got there. Like, uh, I feel like, you know, it's an evolution, really. 
to love flying uh, the way I love love it. Beautiful. So when you when you when you're going on these flights, what are you bringing with you? Is it generally is it a book that you like? Is there a bit of a ritual behind enjoying your process being on the plane? Um, is there is there content that you've downloaded onto your phone? What's what's going on there in your process? Well, it's moment by moment, really, whatever feels right for me in the moment. Um, but usually it's a book. I usually have a, a notepad to write. Uh-huh. And yeah, sometimes I really love to kind of evaluate my goals or my vision or just re- just pretty much, you know, writing stuff. That's, uh, that's my favorite, I guess, uh, activity on the plane. Talking about yeah. writing stuff, you've been writing a lot on... Um... On, on social media recently, so so you've you know I, I picked this up because obviously you've been sharing for I think it's almost sixty days or just or just under or just over. Um, you're doing a hundred days of sharing on social media. Where's where's this come from? What sparked this, and how's it going? To be honest, from nowhere really. I just woke up in the middle of the night one night, and I and I said to myself, yeah, like I you know it feels right for me to kind of share, and the whole hundred days of sharing it just really came. Uh, just inspiration, really. I, I didn't really plan that. Uh, maybe I can give you a little bit of background. I think a month before that, I, I was bitten by a snake. Ooh. And, I mean, we, we can talk about that. I, I almost died. And, Whoa. Like, poison, like yeah. poisonous snake. Yes, yes. I was in the hospital for six days. And, um, Sorry, just, just backwards. What, what had, were you? What, what happened here? <laughs> what were you doing when you were bitten by a snake? Actually, I just got back from Barcelona from the 30 days Mind Valley experience, and I was pretty happy. Whatever, I went for a run here in Israel. Uh, it was in the middle of nature, around evening, and the snake just waited for me there. <laughs> so when I got beaten, when I got beaten, like you know, I was kind of rushed to the hospital. I was alone, but like luckily I had my mobile phone. So I was kind of rushed to the hospital, and I started to kind of uh, lose like. Senses, like senses, like I was kind of got a little bit paralyzed, and at some point I couldn't breathe. I was kind of choking. I was fighting for air, and that moment, there was a moment there where I almost kind of decided to quit, or basically let go of life. I said I, I, it was too painful for me to breathe, and at the same time, there was another thought that came to my mind, which was, you can't die right now. There's so much to give. There's so much to share. You only gave only ten percent. And, well, I don't know if you know, I mean, I've done a lot of things in my life, but the thought that came to me was, you only shared and gave 10%. Mm. So I guess these 100 days of sharing comes from a place of like, it's kind of inside of me that, oh, I got all these gifts and and lessons or whatever that I haven't shared with the world and I, and it just came naturally for me to share it. I'm curious to know, um, you know, after that experience, has your perspective on life changed? Do you find that the way you go about your life day to day has changed? Oh, 100%. I mean, immediately after that, when I got released from the hospital, the most important thing for me was actually to spend time in nature. Well, not like, you know, near snakes. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, I went, I went to, to, um, to the beach every day, like just swimming, and I turn off my mobile, and that was the most important goal of my day. You know how, like, you know, sometimes we wake up in the morning and write our goals for the day or tasks for the day? That was my number one. Just go to the beach, connect with yourself, be with yourself more than any other project that I have. 
So that's kind of the the internal shift that, that happened. Wow, self-connection. Um, yeah, profound. So I think you mentioned this um, in... Um, like reading into um, what you're about as well, there's, there's this expression that crisis can be a gift, and obviously, this is this isn't a classic example. So, I think you know, is this something that definitely, I guess, is a poetic reflection on the fact that you went through something traumatic, but then you've developed a relationship deeper with yourself through the process. Fair to say that? Yeah, hundred percent. And actually, the interesting part is because this crisis can be a gift. Is something that follows me, and we can talk more about other crises that I had in my life. But even just knowing that it can be a gift really helped me with the snakebite experience, because even the next day I was like, "All right, there's a gift here. There's something that you know behind this," and that really helped me to kind of see the gift uh, with this whole snakebite experience and actually heal uh, faster because of that. Just being positive and sharing my experience and not like, oh, my God, like, you know, I had all these plans. Actually, I was supposed to speak in a conference. And because of that, I didn't speak in the conference. And I was like, okay, that, that just happened. And um, there's something else that I can gain from this. So I gained a lot, actually. Now I feel I'm more in touch with my mission. Uh, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And, yeah, I just overall more alive it's funny because i had to experience almost death to feel more alive yeah that's ironic isn't it <laughs> yeah but it seems to be a common theme yeah um i'm curious to know what your mission is now that you're so clear on it what do you feel like it is well you know i'm, I'm a growth agent so a visionary whatever you want to call it so um the mission is constantly unfolding and Sometimes you don't necessarily need to know exactly what it is for the rest of your life, but just knowing that you have a mission is enough to be devoted to it, enough to be dedicated to it. Mm. So if in the past I was, I don't know, 20% dedicated to it or 50%, now it, it gets to this 100%, which means that like I'm willing to do sacrifices, I'm willing to go to uncomfortable places even more uh, in order to kind of manifest or, or uh, kind of share what my, my vision and my mission is. Oh, that's so this is the interesting part. You don't, you don't really need to know your vision to be devoted to it. You don't really need to know your exact mission to know that you can be devoted to it mm. or dedicated to it. That's, that's, how, that's what I say. Because a lot of people are trying to, I don't know, like figure it out like with their mind. Okay, my mission is X, Y, Z. But life is constantly showing you the way. It's constantly unfolding. Mm-hmm. So... Just knowing that you're, you can be devoted even without knowing your vision is pretty, pretty inspiring. That's wow. beautiful. That's well, that deep. is I'm deep. Very, that very is very amazing. Fast. Thank you so much for sharing that. It, I, um, yeah, the thing that's ruminating in the back of my head is the journey of a thousand steps begins with a, a thousand miles begins with a single step. Um, but even just the idea of even that that has a destination somewhere in it, whereas not having the destination, I think that's really powerful. Um, what you've just shared something that I'm uh, just been reflecting on the thing that's been emerging even with the the snake bite and then having um, straight into it the trust that it is something beneficial um, that crisis can be a gift and then also going you know 100% into your mission um, whilst not knowing the outcome cognitively but you know trust is something that's really um, that's really permeating through you right now Um, yeah so 
like are you trusting in yourself in the universe can you explain this trust and what it is like what affords you this <laughs> well first of all i wouldn't say 100 percent. i would say close to 100 percent because like i still like you know i'm still a human being you know sometimes i have desires and fears uh it's interesting because sometimes the biggest fears you have it's actually directing you to your vision or mission mm-hmm. uh and and sometimes, you know, I wouldn't necessarily go there. I would go to my comfort. Mm-hmm. So it's it's I just kind of allowing myself a little bit of uh, not being hundred percent crazy devoted to you know to wherever I'm heading, but also like you know allow myself a little bit of comfort along the way. Uh, the trust comes from from I guess like a lot of experience because in the past, you know, you've been uh, Tony Robbins, and Tony Robbins really teached the the um, you know, teach a lot about power, a lot about empowerment, and like, here's a goal, and you really go for it. Mm-hmm. And I like to balance it sometimes with the whole idea of letting it, letting stuff go, and trusting that whatever comes is also beneficial to the process. Uh-huh. And so that helps me to, to balance, you know, just going like with my goal. So I, I call it sometimes like be firm, but also be flexible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you go with your goal, you go with your vision. But you also listen along the way because there's like, you know, hints, there's like something else that may, may want to be manifested. And you and if you're so, so like... Um, Wearing the blinkers on the you know, if you're not thinking, Yeah, exactly. You may miss something big. And I think that comes back to uh, really listening to the heart and feeling into that at all times. Something may feel right at this moment, but then that may change. So just go back to listening to the heart. Beautiful. You didn't want to participate. <laughs> I won't lie. They forced me to do this. <laughs> and we're blessed for it. <laughs> yeah. I knew that you were natural, so that's why. Uh... <laughs> um, so you were talking about lots of experience. Um, and for those that are tuning into this, uh, this podcast, they're going to go away and look at who you are and really discover the, the depth and the breadth of the experience that you have. Um, so let's go straight into this. <laughs> brother a hundred things to do before you die and you've gone away and done them in 10 years um for those please check out tao's website the the goals are listed there and there's even a recommendation for goals the goals are spiritual they are financial their personal development they're traveling it's it's, it's amazing you've you've basically whatever itch has ever emerged you've decided yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna write it down, and we're gonna we're gonna put it on a bucket list, and we're gonna achieve this. And you've you've achieved it. So when you say there's lots of experience guiding you through this process, um, you obviously embody a lot of that. Um, but yeah, tell us where where did this story? Where's this? What's the story behind this bucket list, and where did this come from? It's interesting because again, death defined lives. So uh, it started from. A random conversation with two friends of mine living in Australia, actually Melbourne, Australia. Um, I was 30 years old, and I just finished my master's degree. And I asked myself the big question: What's next? So, just this random conversation with friends, I suggested we kind of write a list, uh, a bucket list for for the rest of our life. And one of my friends, who was also 30 years old, said he doesn't plan his life so far because his dad died at age 40. And something, when I, when that happened, when he shared that, something inside of me froze. 
And I asked myself this question, the question, how would I live my life if I only had 10 years to live? And the answer was pretty much like clear to me that I wouldn't delay a lot of my dreams. I would be, uh, I would bring a little bit more urgency to my life. So yeah, that's how the list kind of came into life. So I kind of went back home and kind of wrote a list. I divided it to 10 categories. And I said that every year I will change an area. And pretty much kind of like, it, it was important for me to, to be diversified with the goals, not just like focus on one area. Why was that important? But to kind of, that important? Because I really believe that like, you know, to really kind of master life or to enjoy life to the fullest, um, there's many areas, you know, there's many areas that come into play. And sometimes we're so focused on our career that we neglect our relationship or neglect our health or neglect our fitness. But even then I realized that everything is connected. If you neglect your health, your career can suffer from that. And Just to interject, I, I, I actually asked you what your professional goals were and what your personal goals were, and you identified that as a repetitive question. <laughs> and I, I found, oh, okay, and I found that, and I found yeah. that to be perfect because I, I was aware that you, yeah. for you, personal and professional, was the same. So exactly what you were saying, your health and everything, is is, yeah. is interconnected. Yeah, please continue. Yeah, it's all connected, but also the idea of like fully living. So I, I was like, if I have 10 years to live and I really want to live, uh, it wouldn't just be career. It would be a whole th- also relationship. It will also be like travel. It will also be health. So then I thought to myself, okay, if I try everything in one go, I won't be able to fully live. <laughs> and so I kind of decided to switch like year after year and every year, like give a focus to another area. And see what I can learn out of that. Right. So ten categories, um, and then ten years to sort of uh, within those goals to embed that experience. Yeah. And I, and I want to say another thing. I mean, I, I wrote a hundred life goal list uh, like back then, ten years ago. But the list wasn't fixed in stone. So I allowed myself to change some of the goals along the mm-hmm. way. But it was always ten categories, and it it was always like I'm changing uh, after a year. There's always going to be like you know a, a shift going to happen when it's needed and also i didn't know exactly what would be the order i allowed myself to kind of like you know in the moment decide like you know what is really needed i'm curious to know um so what were those 10 categories and which ones were most profound for you in particular um well the first one was the year of socializing and and i decided to start with socializing because back then i was in australia uh, I was a migrant, my English wasn't so good, and I felt that that really, you know, can, if I really want to enjoy Australia, I will have to kind of socialize, I, I, I would have to, like, you know, learn English, you know, in a, in a higher level, and so it was, it, was a, it was a fun year, I socialized like crazy for a year, <laughs> and, but, but, you know, the, the interesting part of it, I learned so much out of it, for example, one thing that I learned is, like, the, the power of immersion. Because I socialize every weekend, um, and I realize when you immerse yourself in an activity, you can learn, extract more wisdom out of that. You can learn more. Mm-hmm. And then the next year was the year of fitness, where my big goal of the year was Ironman triathlon. And to do an Ironman triathlon, you have to immerse yeah, yourself totally in the experience. You can't just do it like, you know. So it has to be kind of everyday thing. Um, yeah. So every kind of year was almost a milestone for the next year which was interesting. Right. Uh, to answer your question, what was the most profound? I don't know if I can answer that really. Like, I mean, it was all, mm-hmm. it was all like one big 
profound experience. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, what's like, um, obviously your, your mindset would have evolved drastically through this experience again and again and again. Um, is, there, is there one sort of overarching takeaway that you got from all of this? Um, yeah, but <laughs> as strong as I am, as powerful as I am, life can be stronger in that sense. So life kind of sometimes show you the way. So it's bringing this balance uh, between of like what you want, your desires, what you think you want to kind of really deeply listen. And when I say life, I mean like, uh, or the universe, whatever you want to call it, it's it's not just outside, all right? The universe is inside of us, so it's this inner voice. So I don't see separation between me and and life, really. Uh, but again, it's just this deep listening to what really wants to come out, out of me. Because I never thought that I'll speak on podcast and I'll, I'll write a book about my journey. That was not the plan. The plan was pretty simple. I want to fully live. That's it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm really sharing this experience because life wants me to share it. That's how I feel, you know. Something inside of me tells me, share, don't store your gifts. Like, you know, because, some, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, personally, sometimes I just want to hide, like not necessarily share everything. I just want to like, all right, you know, just live my life uh, quietly in that <laughs> sense. But there's something inside of me really tells me, no, go, share. There's a lot of people that, like, you know, can learn out of this. Because that was going to be my next question, because um, you're obviously free to do what you want, and you've, you've exemplified that in, you know, taking on whatever challenges you've set for yourself and then going out and smashing them. Um, and then now I'm aware that, you know, one of your, one of your, um, one of your offerings um, as a service is to help other people become free. Um, obviously, there's, there's the offering that's financially free in one year. Um, but then... My question was going to be, like, how important is contribution and to be of service? Like, how important is that to you? I w- it's funny that you ask this question because uh, that, for me, that's everything now. Like, in the past, it was, oh, here's another kind of area. Uh, contribution is important, blah, blah, blah. But now I'm here for service, really. Like, beyond, I don't know, just making money or going to travel or whatever it is, you know, that I want, at the end of the day, I'm here for service. So that's now, and, and actually when you think about like the most inspiring people that, that you know, uh, let's say, I don't know, Dalai Lama or, uh, I mean, there's so many people, like even Tony Robbins, when they, when they grow, they really get to a point of like, all right, we're here for service. So maybe they started as like, you know, uh, okay, let's just do this or do this. But at the end of the day, they come to kind of, okay, now it's about contribution. Mm. Like Mother Teresa, I mean, there's so many Martin Luther King contribution. That that's where they that's why they live. Mm. And so, one a big part of your um your contribution now is to is to help others generate a um an online income. And I was I was curious why why an online income. Well, it doesn't have to be just online income. Like, but in my case, this is just based on my experience. So, for me, online income was the most. Um, how would I say? It? So, it's not even online income. It's actually like a business, all right, that helps others, and through that, like you know, you earn income coming out of that. Now, online income allows you to to be location independent. You don't necessarily have to be 
in one place. And sometimes life wants you to be in different places. And they just give you more flexibility and freedom to pursue what you want in the moment. So it doesn't have to just to be on an income. It could be real estate. It could be stock market. Whatever it is that is creating value for others. That's that's how I see that. Because um, something that I really, um, I'll be yeah. The only word, to, the only way to describe it is to, uh, completely fell in love with. Um, was again on your website. There's this um, there's this DNA helix chart which basically describes modern slavery, all the way through to financial freedom. And it describes modern slavery as an individual having limited time, limited wealth, and limited choices. And that is sort of exemplified in and having a nine-to-five paycheck and living an excessive lifestyle. And then you transgress, uh, you, you, um, you progress from that to an active online income and a moderate lifestyle to finally having a passive online income and then having a minimalist lifestyle, at which point... It's described as financial freedom with time abundance, wealth abundance, and choice abundance. The The thing that attracted me the most and I absolutely fell in love with is that we're not just talking about the financial aspect of it. You know, it's like, yes, I'm going from a nine-to-five paycheck to developing an active online income while I'm perhaps still getting a paycheck to completely having a passive online income. But it's clearly describing that you're living an excessive lifestyle to a moderate lifestyle to a minimalist lifestyle. And the lifestyle component of it is really what drew me in because it's about being aware of your relationship with your with yourself, um, not just your finances through this through this progress. Um, so that was really awesome. And yeah, where, where like this has obviously been your experience. Yeah, and, and actually, like you know, I can even describe it in financial terms. So a lot of books uh, or like experts that talk about financial freedom, they're talking about making more money. And for, for my side, it's just one side of the equation. The other side is your expenses, your lifestyle expenses, and how you live your life. Potentially, if you minimize your expenses to the minimum, let's say, uh, I don't know, like let's say $500 a month, and you earn passive income that is greater than $500, you are financially free. You are free. I mean, you can do whatever you want, basically. So a lot of people kind of miss this part of the equation. And I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense why, why we do that. Uh, actually, society, I mean, the whole economy wants you to consume mm-hmm. more. It's based on debt and based on, like, uh, just consumption. And, you know, it's also not good for the environment, as you know, just to consume and produce or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you just beca- you become a little bit more conscious. The interesting part is when I kind of lived a very excessive lifestyle... And I lived a very excessive lifestyle in terms of like what I had, new car, you know, a lot of stuff. My happiness level wasn't wasn't you know as high as how as when I actually didn't have much in terms of of stuff. But I had rich experiences. So I traveled the world and I visited like different countries. I was rich with experiences. It it translated to happiness. I mean, this is my case. You know, maybe like you know other people have different experiences. But if you really want to be financially free, I wouldn't just focus on the making more money side, but I would also make uh, pay attention to like, you know, your lifestyle expenses, especially in the beginning. That would kind of give you a push. Tal, I'm, I'm curious to ask you about this because I know a lot of people would love to have your lifestyle, which is traveling around the world. Um, and I did traveling around the world for about 10 months and a lot of people did speak to me about how they would love to do that. Um, can you tell us, uh, is it possible to travel long-term 
and actually um, do it in a way that is affordable. So what has your experience been with that? Oh, 100%, 100%. I mean, there's so many ways. Uh, I remember when I got to Europe uh, in my round, the first round the world trip, like, so, you know, I, I had uh, enough income to kind of sustain, sustain me in like, I don't know, Italy, whatever. But when I got to Switzerland and I realized like hostels are like 50 euro a night or something like that, I was like, all right, this is beyond my, beyond my uh, income. So then I kind of got like into couch surfing. And it's interesting, like couch surfing is amazing. I didn't even know how amazing it is. Like people host you and they even cook for you and you have this like human connection and you actually don't have to pay for this for this experience. Also, like, you know, uh, when I traveled in New Zealand with tents, it was really rich. I didn't spend so much money. But if what I'm trying to say is if people are really passionate about travel and they have this like uh, limitation in their mind that like, you know, I don't have enough money. I, I believe it's a limiting belief. They, you can really construct an amazing experience without a lot of money. And also, I want to say another thing is, sometimes it's more expensive to live where you are, especially, I don't know, Australia, the US, than let's say when you go to Nepal or India, you can live on $500 a month. And if you can pro produce value to some other people beyond $500, you can be free. It could, could be easier. That's what I'm trying to say. Your life can be easier traveling than your current life, like, you know, uh, the nine to five or whatever, like, you know, pressure that you and have. And that book, um, The 4-Hour Work Week, week with um, Tim Ferriss, it has a similar sentiment to that as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I think he, I think he stole it from me. <laughs> uh, it's funny. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, he's, he's a smart guy. I mean, when I read The 4-Hour Work Week, I was like, Jesus, this guy is writing about my life. <laughs> like, you know, so I, I, I was kind of starting like a little bit before I read the book. The book is so good. It's so clearly described what so many people like, you know, kind of sometimes like don't want to go or don't want to actually realize that, you know, life, there's so many opportunities for different types of lives. You don't have to follow the herd. I think that sometimes, you know, people can read these books, but then also not act out of fear of the unknown. And I think that sometimes that might hold people back. Yeah, well, fear is a big, you know, it's like it's holding us back all the time. Yeah, The fear yeah. of the unknown, but I also think sometimes when you read a book, um, it, it, it does feel like it's somewhat at arm's length, the what you're learning and what you're receiving, um, especially like a book like The 4-Hour Workweek because there's so much actionable stuff in there and there's, there's examples of people having done it. But I think it's a different story when you, when you speak to someone in the flesh like yourself and um, it just... Yeah, like I'm acutely aware of what I got out of the book, but also just sitting with you here now and having this experience of directly talking to someone that's lived the experience, um, it feels much more tangible for me personally. Mm. Good. You're in a great position then. Like, you know. <laughs> and that, I think that's also um, why you sharing actually will help so many people in your friend circle because people will actually see someone they know having lived that experience and it's going to help them so much. Yeah, I think I think it's becoming more and more uh, conventional these days that people like kind of live in different countries. I mean, I, I feel this is the future, right? More movement, more uh, uh, deciding what's right for you based on what you want versus like where you were born. It just you know becomes easier, and and because of the internet, there's more sharing. 
people can see, oh, you know, I can live like that. Why do I live this life? Uh, I just feel like it's going to be like more and more conventional, really. In the future. It, um, something I want to ask you is, you know, it seems like you've left no stone, stone unturned, you know. Um, you've sort of, you've, you've, you've looked at your riches and what's, what's, really, um, what's really there and even you've, you've pushed towards some of your fears. Um, a burning question I've got is, is you know, what keeps you up at night? What, what gets you going in the morning? Like, what, like, what is, what is, um, what's driving you now that you've done? You've got so much experience. You've, you've achieved so much. But what's, what's, um, yeah, what's, what's driving you now? Well, beside the the coffee that I just drank, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, um, so this this kind of passion for self-discovery. So, I mean, I learned a lot about myself, but there's always another layer. Mm. I feel like, you know, a lot of my list is obviously the kind of external achievement, but the biggest achievement is, is this internal. It's this inner success. So, I believe this is, this is where all of us kind of go. So we, you know, we set goals outside of ourselves, external goals, but we really like, you know, learn from it, and that's basically what really drives me: this inner success. And I, and I would say it's also like world service to actually walk my path, um, be who I am really, what I was born to be, versus like, you know, compromise on something that I'm not. So that that's really what drives me: this kind of pe- keep peeling layers. Hmm. I really like the idea of peeling layers. That definitely resonates. Um, so have you always set goals based on your inner success or is that something that's become more and more prevalent as time's gone on and you've placed more value on um, your inner development? Oh yeah, that, that I just really learned it like along the way. Um, I was really conditioned by society to kind of want more, whatever, more money, more su- external success, more whatever, women, blah, blah, blah. And now it's, it, there's always like reflection. So even even if I want more money, let's say, why 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 do I need more money? Wh- what's behind it? You know, that's constantly the question. So it's not the end goal. There's something beyond behind it behind it. And and then I'll set the goal. All right. Let, then I'll set like something external because I know there's something behind it. Uh, even like freedom. All right. A lot of people want freedom. But I would ask them, challenge them to go behind that. Like- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's, what's beyond freedom? Why do you want freedom so much? Because when you find the answer, 
you'll have more energy and power to pursue it. Otherwise, it's just a nice thing to have. Okay, I have more freedom. Great. So if it's like travel, and travel is inspiring enough for you, and it's a big deal, you'll have more behind it. But in my case, for example, travel wasn't enough. I needed like unlimited travel. Because I could travel already, like in my previous job. I mean, they sent me all around the world. Uh, I was a you know, project manager and blah, blah, blah. But I, I wanted this to experience like complete freedom. Like unlimited travel, going on one-way tickets. That was really inspiring, inspiring for me. For me too. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Even the same thing with the the, fit, the the your fitness. So when I kind of set goal of a little triathlon, um, I was not inspired enough to actually kind of wake up in the morning and and, and really pursue it. And when I kind of set the uh, for me it was pretty unrealistic Ironman triathlon, which is a big big goal. Then I suddenly found energy to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning to kind of have a strict diet, to go to sleep early. So Tim Ferriss actually talks about it. Sometimes the unrealistic goals are easier than realistic goals, especially because of that, because you're more inspired. There's more spirit behind like what you're setting. Can you describe, um, is there a difference to you between inspiration and motivation? Because you use the word inspiration, I've noticed. I mean, they're pretty, pretty much they're similar. I mean, if you really look into that, maybe inspiration is more internal and motivation can be also external motivation. So inspiration is in spirit. So it's internal Mm -hmm. spirit. You actually asked me what's spiritual for me. And I said exactly that it's beyond form inspiration. So it's beyond like what maybe we sense or see. Beautiful. I totally agree. I, um, I want to ask you, so (laughs) I'm really curious to know, when you set a goal for something and you didn't get like what you thought you were going to get out of it, like, and it didn't align. So like, say you set a goal and it was like, Oh, I really want this. And then you, the outcome was not what you expected or yeah. Has that happened? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty consistent. So I, I will try again. I mean, this is the interesting, I mean, I, I, I went to do Vipassana, uh, 10 day Vipassana meditation. And uh, the first time I didn't succeed, it was really hard. It was very hard for me. And also got sick, like food poisoning and blah, blah, and, and so forth. And so I went to do it again. I mean, I, I think five years later. And the second time, it was way easier. Because I already learned so much along the way. I was more, I was stronger internally. So I can deal with sickness. It's funny because the first time I did Vipassana in India, I got sick on the day number four or day number three. And... Second time I went to do Vipassana, I got sick again the same day. Uh, There's something in that, surely. Yeah, oh my God. Like, I mean, the coincidence, yeah? And, but this time I was able to kind of like let it go. So like be with the sickness, not necessarily judge it, not necessarily give it so much power. And, and, and yeah, a day later it just kind of passed. So two days later it just passed and... And I could do the vipassana, like you know. It was almost like a, a test to see how you would respond this time. <laughs> yeah, life constantly challenges you sometimes to test you. Really, that's how I feel. Like, um, I mean, even with my financial freedom kind of journey, it really, really tested me to the limit. Like, and I, I can share a little bit more about please, that if please you want. Please tell us. Yeah. So, um, you know. The reason I started to pursue freedom, so or financial freedom in one year, is because 
uh, I was like, I had a big debt. I had $34,000 debt and my credit card was maxed. Uh, there was a point where I, I was afraid that I couldn't pay the rent. Mm-hmm. So I went, I went like, you know, to the, you know, I went the journey and I set the goal and I started like, you know, building online income and uh, online business, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't really enough because I wasn't like putting everything in inside. I wasn't, I wasn't putting in everything into the journey. And then my parents had a car accident in Israel. And that really shifted everything for me. I, they almost like died as well. Again, this death experience. And I was like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not really in control here. I'm not free. I was, I, I hated like, you know, asking my boss permission to go and, and, and yeah, visit them. Totally. Like it, it was like this, just the word boss didn't, didn't resonate with me. And that moment, that challenge really pushed me to go to the extreme. With, with my financial freedom journey. From that point, I was kind of translating like all the fitness habits that I had into financial habits. I tracked everything. I was, mm-hmm. um, you know, waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning and working on my business. I, you know, I w- walked uh, at night. I even like separated from my girlfriend because we weren't aligned. So, you know, mm-hmm. the commitment was so, so like strong because of that challenge. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's some that's some serious commitment. <laughs> On that note, can I just ask you? So you've been traveling for such a long time. Um, what is it like being away from your family for so long? Well, now I mean, it's I love flying, so it's pretty easy to kind of go back and mm-hmm. forth. Uh, but in the past, I was more linear in my thinking. So I studied computer science and, like, you know, more left brain, I would say, and so. For me, it was like, all right, here's the plan. I'm going to do round the world from the east to west, and I just like kind of, kind of walk like went country by country by country, and so sometimes I didn't see my family for a year. Um, but now, it's kind of what is needed in the moment, and it makes sense to me now to sometimes go, let's say, Barcelona, Thailand, and go from Thailand to back to Barcelona, and then go back to Asia again, just because it's mm-hmm. what's needed. So the world for me is like way smaller. I don't necessarily have to follow a linear path. I'm following like whatever mm-hmm. is needed, wherever I need to be. Mm-hmm. So actually my sister uh, has a health issue right now. And so I basically kind of flew back to like, you know, be with my family, but I'm, I'm going to fly again, like, you know, in, in a few weeks and then I will fly back. And so it's easier for me to kind of position myself in the world. That is like the embodiment of freedom to me. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Um, and flying becomes uh, cheaper these days, by the way. Like a lot of time, like again, it's expensive, expensive. But I feel again, like sometimes the, the way we live, our lifestyle is very expensive. I don't know, holding two cars, um, you know, having kind of apartment and paying everything that we pay to kind of sustain our lifestyle where travel can be very, very inexpensive if you actually like mm-hmm. plan it right, including the flights. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Yeah. So another thing that I want to say about travel, it's a pretty cool experience, but I would encourage people to think about travel as a way of self-discovery, not just like seeing stuff. Because I remember when I, when I traveled in Italy, again, it was like uh, I went from tourist attraction to tourist attra- attraction. I had to see mm-hmm. everything. There's a lot of attraction. Now, I don't actually, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. A month ago, I was in Portugal 
for the first time in my life, and I don't think I even saw even one tourist attraction, but my life was so rich uh, in, in Portugal. I, I was there almost for a month with friends and people and just like flowing in the moment, whatever, like, you know, inspiring me, right, you know, and, and so that's what I'm trying to say. It's more of like self-discovery versus like, oh, I, I have to see it because it's like, you know, on the list or someone recommended yeah, to me. Which, yeah. I, I don't read that. I don't read anymore like, you know, uh, certain guys. I only read what I really feel like that is needed mm -hmm. to read. Yeah, we, I think we both resonate with that, right, Kay? Yeah, you're like speaking the thoughts in our brain. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, um, yeah, I, uh, and especially self-discovery. For me, travel was um, travel supersedes um, personal development as my personal development. For me, I used to travel to India as a kid a lot. And being traveling every year from India to Australia, India to Australia, there was a, a, a very big difference. And that, that was quite formative for me in terms of just um, the awareness that they're two very different cultures and very different people very and like just that things are cultural you know a lot of what people take on our culture um and just realizing who i was and who my family was beyond all of this um gave so much space for just just growth just simple things like you know in india the value of life is very different to what the value of life in australia is um in terms of safety mm. and you know just uh like poverty um malnourishment and that sort of stuff it, it can be um quite eye-opening um that yeah just traveling is i really resonate with that yeah i really felt that um from a recent experience i shared with tal in uh barcelona where we were actually there for one month in barcelona for the mind valley experience which is basically um a whole month learning different uh self-development tools um and listening to a lot of different speakers um so i really do resonate with what you're saying tal because i learned so much from that particular experience more than I would have from a month traveling in Barcelona, you know, sightseeing. Mm. Mm. And you've also done sightseeing, I mean, like, but it was like in addition right. to everything, mm -hmm. yeah? Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. I want to ask you, um, where's the, what's the place that is your favorite place that you visited in your travels? Wow, there's so many. Top of the list, pick um, one, straight to your head. What comes up? <laughs> Uh, Rio de Janeiro oh, during Carnival. Nice. Like, Something about experience. Brazil, isn't there? Brazil is my favorite country too. Yeah, I mean, something about Brazil exactly. Like, it's a little bit messy. Which I, it's it's interesting because if you tell me right now to live in Brazil, like to have a home, I wouldn't want to. I would prefer to live in Australia. But if you tell me to, let's say, go and dance and party for for a few uh, weeks, let's say, it would be Brazil because it's a little bit messy. So every country has its own uniqueness and can have its its own experience. Sometimes we like to compare countries or even cities. Like, you know, like you live in Australia, so it's constantly compare between Sydney and Melbourne. I say, why compare? Each one is a unique experience. Uh, you can enjoy both. So, yeah, Brazil is, is a big one for me in terms of partying. Nepal, to, to go to Everest Base Camp or all the hiking. You know, in Nepal, just connecting with nature is is amazing experience. I mean, I can go country by country. Like each one has a very profound uh, impact on me. Wonderful. Um, yeah. In terms of all this traveling, and in terms of all the financial setting goals, um, and absolutely smashing them, and you know, this this journey of going into yourself, and also writing a book, and um, the one thing that I'm extremely inspired by when I'm when I'm connected to you is is the action 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 
action. Like uh, it's it's you know it's unmistakable that you know your thoughts are literally um, turned into action. Um, almost every single one of them. Like you know you you said a hundred. Like I said again, the bucket list, um, hundred things, and just direct action. Um, whereas so many of us, I think, have a bucket list of a hundred things ruminating in our subconscious somewhere, but we don't even write them down, let alone take action. And I think that's something that I'm super, super inspired by is just action, action, action. Um, do you care to share your relationship with that? Has it always been this way, and what that means to you? I mean, it wasn't always like that. I was a, I was a pretty normal guy, like, you know, to be honest, very, you know, I did, I went the conventional way. I, you know, I went uh, to the army and then, like, I did my bachelor degree and then I had, you know, went into corporation and nine to five. So I think until the age of 27, I pretty lived, like, you know, a kind of a normal life, even though internally I was very passionate about personal development and growth. So I read a lot of books, but again, my, the actions weren't necessarily so, um, you know, it wasn't like how I live my life right now. And I think my relationship to action has become stronger when I start to think about, uh, about like, you know, dying or, or death, let's say, and this relation between life and death. Because if I tell you right now, hey, you have only one year to live, your actions may be different than the action that you're actually taking right now. And most of most of us, we just don't believe that we're going to die, like, you know, the next year or tomorrow. We, we, we don't believe that. So that's why we live the way we live. So I guess, again, it's just bringing this urgency and really, like, you know, not like as, you know what, even as a game, bringing this urgency as a game. Because you believe like you're going to fully live if you're going to do that. So that's basically why I take so much action. And actually now the snake bite experience really, really taught me that it can really end tomorrow. So I, I'm now even more into action. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say action, it's not like that I'm, oh my God, like I'm going to die. Um, what, what, what do I do? Like it's not necessarily just about the doing. It's also more about the being, being who I am. So now I know that my presence is enough, basically. I don't necessarily need to do much to give my gift to the world. I can get into a room without saying much, and I'm already like, you know, can, can impact a transformation, or I can already um, do, do my purpose, pretty much. So it's not, again, it's not just about the doing, it's also about the being. And that is the most important thing for me. The doing yeah, plus being. Most important messages we've shared on this podcast. Yeah, that's beautiful. Really beautiful. <laughs> I do have another question, though. <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> um, so, uh, I guess this is a question that I got asked recently. Um, and I, and I put it to you because obviously you um, there has been trauma in, in uh, you know, you've had these traumatic experiences, a snake bite being a classic example. Um and it obviously, you know, the traumatic experience can be used as a launch pad. Um, I've, I've, I've had some people that I've discussed um, this, this idea with, and they've, they've asked me the question of what happens if, the, if you don't have a traumatic experience? Do you lack a launch pad? Well, I mean, hopefully, you know, we don't necessarily want a crisis after crisis. So it's a lot about listening to our inner voice. And sometimes if I believe we don't listen to our inner voice, maybe a crisis will happen. So let's say 
<laughs> you know, you kind of hate your job, you're nine to five, you hate it, you hate it, you hate it. And subconsciously, you start to sabotage, you know, like, you know, the, the life, like the, the, the working condition that you have. And then maybe at some point, a crisis will come. I don't know, the economy, or maybe your boss, you know, would, would just like, you know, kind of decide to fire you. So a lot of the time we wait and wait and wait, and then life basically like give us a, like a push, this crisis. But I personally believe that I don't have to wait for crisis in order to walk my path. I can really listen. And you asked me actually like, you know, before we started this conversation, like one habit that I have, my one habit is this daily alignment where I'm like basically connecting with, with my truth, connecting with who I am, with, with my vision, not just not my vision to the future, my vision for right now. You are right now. Because a lot of time when we think about, yeah, a lot of time when we think about what's your vision, we're thinking about something really far in the future. My vision, yeah, my vision right now is something I can have right now. I can, like, for example, my vision for uh, fitness is to be light and fit and whatever. I can do it right now, you know. I can be connected to, to myself right now. I don't have to wait 10 years uh, for that. So my vision or my daily alignment, basically, is really anchored in things that I can actually experience right now. And from there, I can pursue long things into the future. From being, let's say, connected and inspired, I can really like go for big goals in my life. But first, it's like, you know, again, this daily alignment or daily connection. What actions do you take towards your daily alignment? Is it a meditation practice or is it a visualization? Is it, it is a manifest in different ways every day, depending on what the alignment is? Yeah, it's, every day is different, but I have like, uh, I actually do everything. So I meditate in the morning, I do visualization, I have a spreadsheet with like, you know, uh, affirmation that I have. But sometimes like, I feel like just like taking a deep breath and just like connect, that's it. So it really like, it depends like what I feel mm -hmm. in the moment. But if I want, I can have an hour of alignment. I can even have two hours of alignment if needed. I would go to nature. Uh, I would listen to a certain podcast. I would, I would like, you know, read a book that, like, you know, that I, that bring, that brings me immediately, like, you know, to the truth, to my truth. So I have like all those tools to, to align. But sometimes I can align like in one second. I, I, I close my eyes. I take a deep breath. I'm in alignment. So for example, uh, alignment could be like, just like this affirmation that I am amazing. I am, and, you know, how many times we actually say to ourselves, we're amazing. A lot of time we're looking for validation outside or, you know, really look outside, outside. But this alignment of like, wow, this is quite amazing, the life that I have and being very grateful for it can really put you into a course of achieving whatever you want. Because if you are amazing, if you feel that you're deserving the life that you want, and basically this, actually, this is a very key point. A lot of time we don't believe we deserve what we're after. And if you don't believe that, you, you won't get it. So, again, this alignment of deserving to even ask, you know, um, you know, you may like uh, want to, I don't know, interview Tim Ferriss. If you really believe that you deserve to have him on your podcast, you will take a certain action. But if you're not, you won't, you won't do it. You'll be afraid. You'll say, oh, no, no, it's, he's too big for me or something like that. You know, you, you'll start like uh, creating stories, which is like, you know, interesting. It is but, really interesting. It's something I've... Um, but slow. 
yeah, which is, you know, the name of the podcast is Inspired Evolution. And, um, you know, it's, it's me staying inspired as I'm evolving. And it's, it's, um, it's been a vehicle for me to really confront a lot of my stuff, you know, like in terms of who am I to have a chat to tell about, you know, his inner workings, his inner process. He's this amazing guy who's got this website who helps other people that deliver, you know, a lifestyle of their dreams. Like, what have I done, you know? And it's a lot of self-worth stuff often um, shows up or just in the process of like emailing or contacting someone does surface. And I'm, you know, and it's been this really beautiful process of smashing and just firstly identifying that, oh my God, that is resistance for right there and it's just completely not in service to what I want to do um and so it has been I completely resonate with what you're saying um and it's it's coming up again again I want to say man you are doing first of all you're amazing and I love you and you're doing like you're so good in what you're doing um it's so natural and so yeah keep keep doing that and also I want to say another thing we we, we keep speaking about death and death like really sometimes show me show me show me the truth in that sense because you know when we die we all you know we're all the same you know in that sense and sometimes we really feel like you know oh i'm separated he's he he did more than me he's more amazing than me and all this bullshit really and i feel if we all believe that we're amazing each one of us uh and connect from that place life would be way more wonderful i feel to everyone it's this fear that we have and this resistance to like you know being amazing that actually creating sometimes a lot of uh, uh, resistance and fear and like not necessarily inspired life and so what you're saying is that your inner reality in a way is going to be reflected in your external reality and so the more we work on removing these limiting beliefs the more our external reality will flourish and you're amazing <laughs> as well <laughs> no that's beautiful and I think I really needed to hear that now as well it's something I'm really yeah yeah we're so beautiful it's so be- I mean really like I lo- actually this is this is the uh, pinnacle of the you know of this interview like <laughs> right now the fact that each one of us is amazing and all this love for me this is the truth so when I do this daily alignment it's a lot about that and maybe in the past I had fear around like oh you know this is too much uh, what's the word uh, self-indulgence whatever um it's not it's not at all because if i you know my contribution in the world would be way bigger if i have if i'm empowering myself if i'm if i really believe that i have a gift to give but if you don't believe that you have a gift to give you don't and give it fundamentally your 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 being needs to be nourished <laughs> and uh, i think that comes back to and exactly what you shared at the beginning of the podcast and now people were illuminated there's a little bit into the wisdom behind it as your job number one um is being in i guess now we've got terminology behind it is being in alignment you said before that you know you wake up in the morning and fundamentally it's about taking that time to go to the beach or go to nature or whatever it is that's become job number one and i sort of see that now as your job number one being in alignment so you can be and also feeling that you've um, you're amazing not just because you're doing things or your achievement in the past a lot of times again we associate uh, uh, uh being amazing to successes external successes but you're amazing just the fact that you I mean, just can see and walk and like love and and connect this is like huge you, you didn't we didn't do anything to get it really there's no doing around it we just got it and that is like i think the core and from here anything we do 
in terms of, I don't know, like triathlon or money or whatever, mm-hmm. it's a bonus. If you see it like that, I believe you won't necessarily be afraid to pursue big things in life. Because a lot of time we are afraid to set a big goal because we're not, we don't believe we can actually reach it. We don't believe that we can actually reach the outcome. And if you already like dis- disconnect the pursuit from the outcome and you say the pursuit is what's important, I am pursuing it just because I love, just because I'm inspired and just because it's amazing, then you wouldn't necessarily be afraid to set big goals like financial freedom or Ironman triathlon or Vipassana. Because, yeah, it's a bonus if you succeed or achieve that. But if not, like this, it's still great. You're pursuing what you love. You're going after your dreams. What's more, what's greater than that? Nothing comes to mind. (laughs) Now, do you have any advice for people? So I know there may be a lot of listeners who actually may feel that sometimes they are not amazing and they may actually be having that self-doubt. For someone in that place... What do you recommend in terms of telling themselves they are amazing if they're feeling like maybe they're not feeling they're amazing? Uh, Well, I mean, to me, I had to do the other way around. So I basically had to achieve so much um, in in many ways to, again, to do this self-discovery to realize I'm amazing. Uh, I, I believe in consistency. So, you know, consistency could be even like, you know, look in the mirror every morning and say, I love you. Like, look in your eyes. Not being afraid to look in your own eyes. A lot of time we, you know, again, we look at others and loving others. What about, again, like you and yourself? So just this consistency, if you do it every day, um, I, I, I believe in that. That's probably what I would do now. Like in the past, I was, okay, I took a lot of action. And that's another thing I recommend, consistency in terms of action, uh, to prove yourself that you're amazing. Sometimes that's what needed, all right? That you really like, have to go through challenges and, you know, whatever, kill dragons and all of that to go back to the basic truth, which you are amazing. This is almost like going back, back home. So all this 10-year journey, you know, like uh, you probably know the, the hero's journey kind of, all the stages, at the end of it, you go back home. Mm-hmm. And home for me is, again, this self-love and and realizing that my presence is enough. I don't have to like set another 100 life goals, or let's say bigger goals, to be amazing, to have a, an inspired life, to be an amazing life. I don't have to do that. I can actually like just live in a cabin for now, for the rest of my life, and, and have a great life as well. From that place, I pursue. Not from a place of like, oh, I need to get something to be complete. No, I'm already complete. And now I'm pursuing whatever I want to mm-hmm. pursue. We're grateful that you're sharing that. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Yeah, and, and again, the, the idea of action, I mean, it's so important because, I mean, I, I said a lot of stuff here. And it's a lot of words. It's also, a, if you read a book, for example, there's a lot of words in books. Um, you can read books until tomorrow, but if you not necessarily start to take action, if you're not like, you know, wake up in the morning and do your affirmation and uh, gaze in the mirror and say, I love you, those things won't necessarily happen to you. Because sometimes like, it's really hard to change our beliefs. We've been conditioned so much for years by our parents, by, by society. So how can we expect to make a change so quickly just because we read a book or just because we heard a podcast? We can't. 
How can you, like, you know, I mean, let me say something. It's possible, all right? You may have an awakening or, or an insight that, like, all right, you realize, like, the truth right away. But a lot of time, that's not the case. So if that's not the case, I 100% believe in, in, again, this whole idea of immersion and consistency. And, and again, if you, if, you, if you find it hard to take action, hire a coach. Uh, take a course, like a daily course that, that force you to actually like take action in that sense. Force, yeah, basically force yourself in that sense. You know, like you, you, for example, in your case, like you may like do a challenge of, oh, actually forget about you. I'm, uh, let me, let me talk about myself in that sense. I did this hundred days of sharing. I com, I announced it to the world. I committed. Now it's like, beside my inspiration, I also have this story that I created of taking action. Now, at the end of these 100, 100 days of sharing, I will grow. I don't know, again, exactly what the result's going to be uh, because I'm going to reflect at the end. But after 100 days of sharing every day myself in a vulnerable way, I'll be a different mm -hmm. human being. And that's the, that's the, the key here. You see, this, this is, again, go back to action and creating those, like, stories of like whatever 100 life goals 100 days of sharing 30 days of whatever beautiful that that leads that, perfectly into my next question um which will be my last question of you is um who are you beyond your your identity or your story well i used to answer that by saying i am whoever i want to be uh but that's not the truth all right so i realized it along the way in the past, I thought like, okay, I, I can be this person, I can be this person, I can be this person, and and again, that was the truth in so many ways because I, I proved myself that I can be different type of people, but I only saw one side, um, and after a while, I realized there's certain things that, in my case, are repetitive. So uh, my commitment to growth has never been a challenge. I've always been inspired by growth. I was already I was already committed to it, always committed to it, and so if you ask me, in my uniqueness, you know, I have a lot of growth, a lot of like the value of growth is very important for me. So I nowadays I see myself as growth agent. Um, I'm not afraid of change. A lot of people are afraid of change, and that kind of put me in a position that I can really support people who are who wants to transform. Who wants to change so for example coaching is pretty natural for me because just the, the person I am now it took me a while to realize that it took me a while to actually believe I am whoever I'm like just saying what I'm saying right now just to believe that and so sometimes a lot of that is is about self-discovery kind of honoring the power mm -hmm. that you have and once you you really honor that you can really give you gift. So, you know, again, like believing that I'm, I'm a visionary, believing that I'm this growth agent, believing that what I say is important so I can support others. If I don't believe that, it would be uh, fake. I would, I would fake, you know? And now because I believe in what, what I just said, that I am a growth agent, I can really support others. In a, in, a, in a higher degree. <laughs> growth agent. I like that. <laughs> I love it. Growth agent. Tao, here at Inspired Evolution, we really appreciate what you've done. I was super excited to have you on because 
I was uh, just the, the hundred things to do before you die, um, and even just like recently tuning into your hundred days, uh, hundred days of sharing. Um, you know, you've you've really had a lot of experience, and, and you, you consistently take a lot of action, and um, and just you you offering not just the the sharing that you've done that, but then also sharing and helping other people to do that. Um, and and today, especially, just it was uh, it was really profound to to sit here and you know discuss life and death um, and the importance of just being aware of those processes and how that gave way to growth and um, also action and then the importance of immersion and also commitment. Um, yeah, I, I really just want to thank you for being who you are. And um, and uh, on inspired evolution, uh, Kay and I here we uh, we really love the human journey and uh, we we wish you all 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 the best on yours, brother. Thank you so much, Tal. Thank you. And you really inspire me as well. Yeah, the two of you. Keep doing what you're doing and I love who you are. (laughs) Much love. All right. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.